Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Mahler. And it's Friday, which means we have a baseball Friday, and he's here at Real Frank Frank. I guess he's no longer a mass singer expert, folks. So season ended. That's disappointing. Don't ruin it. For full, full spoiler avoids. I do a podcast on Wednesday nights, and so the, I'm, I'm going to talk to Nick about moving the mass Singer to a different day next year. But uh, Smart, Frank, yeah. Frank the Brank is here. I've got my Cubs hat on. Um, don't know if you caught any baseball yesterday. Frank claims not to be a Pirates fan. He's <laughs> oh, I'm not a Pirates fan, but he he'll piss and moan about things the Pirates do. And yeah, there's a Pirates hat in the back. Um. I mean, we won't even get too deep into that. Anybody who missed that isn't paying attention. You can't. Then I guess that'll that'll be my first baseball question. You cannot run back to home and be safe, right? After you've batted the ball, um, you you have to go to first, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a catch twenty two, though. You should never be safe, anyway. Yeah, (laughs) like if you start going backwards, it's impossible to be safe. Yeah, I, I would think like maybe we should add a new rule. If you are running to first and you start traveling backwards, it's just automatic out. Like you can't do like just whatever. What's your first baseman's name? Well, that one was Will Craig, who's been a career like, minor leaguer. Craig rule. Craig Obviously, rule. Well, the Craig rule. Yeah. <laughs> the best part was, well, not only that, but like I tail a couple people on some baseball picks. I had Cubs run line, so. The fact that not only he ended yeah. up on second, he came around to score on like the next batter. Like that was the I difference some, in a game. It, it's something. I saw some overs that hit for that one, so that was exciting. Ugh. Yeah, there were there were two outs. If if he had all he had to do was tag him, so it's a force out either way. If you tag someone in the first baseline where you step on first, it's considered a force out. The original run doesn't score. Like him throwing it home wasn't preventing anything. He could have thrown no, it. Yeah. If the catcher catches it and tags the first base guy uh, or buys it in the first baseline, the run still doesn't score. No, it doesn't <laughs> the count. Part. The only thing they'd do is hold on to the ball, and it was it. Nothing happens. Uh, yeah, the, the we need them to lose games. So just we do. We do need that. Yeah, the, t- not just traveling two steps backward to touch the bag, instead chasing and then throwing the ball at all. And then, of course, the the blunders around the bases after that. It was it was a magical time. Honestly, it, it's fun. It's nice to have chaos in baseball. And, and not only that, but like having it during day baseball that made it fun because there's nothing else going on. NBA hasn't fired up yet, so um, I caught some of you this morning talking to Dream, who has a camera now, which is wild. MLB Dream, who, he's out of the a, wild. Yeah. He's out of the he's out of the wild now. But you guys were talking baseballs, um, you know, the juice ball, all that stuff. Like, are you? Yep. Are you fully like caught up to where you think you need to be with your numbers right now, yeah. according to how things are, how the ball is being hit and everything, and you, you think yeah. you have a good grasp on it? Yeah, I would fully say that at the beginning of the season, I definitely played more overs than unders, um, but that was to be expected because my data capture is uh, otherwise. And, you you know, my, my numbers adjust very quickly. I didn't really have to make too many, like, super manual adjustments to account for that, which is nice. And by this point in the season – I'm good to go, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty set on on my totals are pretty tight in general. I don't play that many. Um, I think they're a little bit easier for the market to assess uh, the totals uh, for for the the betting side. Um, I think there's a little bit more edge into the sides of baseball in general. 
uh, kind of the opposite of college basketball for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I am caught up and, you know, thinking that it's about right at this point. That's interesting to hear. Most of the time, totals are thought to be the less efficient market, but it sounds like, you know, again, you think well, totals are more efficient than money lines are at this point. Not necessarily, uh, well, not necessarily more efficient, but there's more VIG to play with. So, you know, being able to, to set um, numbers, you know, you're not going to see a baseball total move from seven and a half to eight and a half, really. Like it might go seven and a half, juice to the over or up to eight. Um, the other side of this too, which makes it a little bit difficult for uh, a better and probably less efficient for a better is that the weather can really impact you uh, in ways like this weekend's going to be 50 degrees and raining in the Northeast. Not the best situation to be like, Oh, I, I want to bet this or I want to bet that. It just brings in a lot of variance. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, straight up gambling question. Cause and sure. this, I, I woke up or I didn't wake. I don't know when Drew, Drew asked me this too. <laughs> you know, I said casual NBA, Andy, but like casual baseball better Andy didn't have an answer for casual baseball better drew the the action stuff I know a lot of this action stuff changed with last year with uh, the pandemic yeah. stuff and like he asked I, I want to say he was betting at Chris and he was showing me the rules and it said like everything is action it doesn't matter like you can't go listed pitchers anymore so you used to be able to say I only want to make this bet if this pitcher or both of these pitchers pitch and then if, if there was a pitching change to the either one or the one you selected, they canceled your bet. Now everything is action. I know it varies book by book. I would encourage everyone to read the rules. But his said something along the lines of it's all action. And if something changes, you just get the new odds. So, right. let, you know, like, let's say, uh, I mean, pick a game. Like the Pirates game is about even on either side. You bet the Pirates tonight. You lay the minus 10, minus 15. And then the pitcher changes for the other team. And the pirates are like minus one forty. You are, you know, let's say you bet one hundred and fifteen dollars to win one hundred and ten. You're now laying one hundred and fifteen dollars to win like whatever seventy three eighty or something stupid because you're betting minus one forty now. Is that what's going on? Like I didn't have a good answer for him. I think they automatically just adjust the odds and keep the same stake. And it, it seems like How a mess. They, it I, seems I, like so a I'm stupid not, mess. One, I wouldn't play it a place that did that. Um, in all honesty, there's enough options for baseball in low big markets to um, find books that aren't doing that. Um, but how do they assess? Do you get the closing line? Like, what do you get? That's what I was going to ask. Do you get the this opening line, the closing line, you're the best of whatever it is? So I, I do believe how it would adjust would be the, the opening line of the, the adjustment. Well, be, be, because it's like, all right, we're going to adjust. We're going to open it at minus one forty. You get the opening. Way. You get the opening line, because uh, that would be really effing shady if you're just like you get whatever it closes at. I, they, I think I mean, it's. It, I, I I don't have an answer for that. That's what I'm saying. Like, give you the option seems, of like you can take the opener that we're about to open, or you can cancel. Like if they're going to do that, they have to give you an opt out option. You can't just set you odds for something like uh, you could yeah, replace the pitcher with a better option. Like if you have a terrible starter going out there and you're like, oh, we're going to do a bullpen game instead. Sometimes that bullpen game is better. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like I, I don't know. And sometimes the opposite, like if you're on the opposite side of that, you don't want that to happen. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't play a place like that. Either play them all action at a book that does that. Um, or in some case, you might not always want to bet listed, right? Like, um, for both pitchers, at least, you, you might not always want to do that. Uh, a good example is like 
Um, the Giants are playing the Dodgers today, and Walker Bueller's going. Well, he's one of the better pitchers in baseball right now. Um, you, if he gets scratched, that's great for you, right? Like you want him to be scratched, so you you don't always want to bet listed anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I've been at places where they just sort of take it as action going forward. I think that's easier. By the end of the year, you'll probably have it be close to 50-50. Hopefully. Yeah, it's almost like tennis, Alex. Like when you talk about, hey, I'm betting on an underdog and I, you know, I, I'm worried about the retirement. And you'd bet somewhere where retirement bets are voided. Where right. some places would, some places would, if one set is complete, those money lines are going to be cashed. One and you know, if you were betting against somebody who you think might retire if things go wrong, then you would bet at the other style book and say, you know. So I think maybe it could be a little advantageous if you determined what you're getting after, like Frank said. But either way, um, I was confused last night. I'm not any less confused after Frank explained All it. Right. And I would, yeah, I would just say like check your book, double check. Yeah, I don't play like that. I know somebody with a local. Yeah, how can they lock like, you into odds? Like just yeah, in that's general, a, that's just a bad practice, right? Like you're betting like you said, this. Right, they should give you some sort of odd. Like don't yeah, agree you, to anything where you have to bet at odds that might change later. Like, yeah, like racing, you need like, to bet this at the number that w- we think that you need to bet this at, and you guess yeah. what? It's a worse number. Like I, I don't know. It's it's terrible. This guy says, I played action on the D-backs because their entire pitching stash is trash. I didn't care who pitched. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, too. No, that And, yeah, it does just seem like a weird thing. I, I know someone who had a local that that happened, I believe it was Tampa, and it went from, you know, minus 110 up to, like, minus 170 when the other pitcher went out. And he said, well, I don't want to lay that anymore. And the guy, and, you know, he contacts his agent. His agent's like, well, I can cancel it for you. And I mean, it's it's worth checking with whoever you're you're placing your bets with. I don't know how everybody does it, but definitely read the rules because we were a little surprised. I'm like, you know, the total wasn't going to change that much, but it did change just a little. And it's like, did I get the old odds? Did I get the new odds? I, I know there's books who I've had this happen to me with. I actioned an actioned one where, I mean, just again, say like I bet a flat 100 to win 90.9 on a 110 line. It's it moved heavily. And that won, that game won, but instead of the $90 I would have won, it gave me like, you know, 80% of that because it, it did close me at a worse line. So I guess pay attention, just pay attention. Like this is just yeah, general rules. advice. Pay attention to what's going on because you might get be getting bent over a barrel and not knowing it, especially if you've been betting baseball all year and you just haven't had this happen to you yet. I mean, that's that's a thing if you're low volume. Oh, yeah. I think, I think pitcher changes have only happened – two or three times to me so far. So, yeah, I mean, you, you could go pretty long run without hitting them for sure. But you don't want to be left holding the bag if you do. Now, yeah. I like that comment you said about the pitchers in terms of sometimes you want to lock it in, sometimes you actually don't because you kind of like the bullpen games. You know, Patrick brought up Arizona. Are there any other teams like that where, in general, you don't really necessarily care about locking in a pitcher? Like you oh. said, you might be looking at that situation. Yeah, I mean, you you have to not that you don't care, but you care. You less. have to assess the situation because the worst teams in baseball still have good pitchers. Like John Gray is going for the Rockies today; he's a good pitcher. The D-backs have Bumgarner, who I would have said coming into the season was trash, and right now um, my expected ERA on him is three sixteen. Very good, right? Like his his ERA doesn't match that because he had to pitch two games in Coors Field and he gave up twelve runs in those two games, um, which really just isn't fair. That plate shouldn't even exist. Uh, but unfortunately it does. And unfortunately for him, it looks really bad for him. But, uh, you know, so even the bad teams have 
good pitchers on them. So you, you have to assess the situation that you're given because you could have a really good team with a really bad pitcher going and they could be dogs to a bad team with a, with a really good pitcher going, right? You brought up a good point about what you made it. Can you tell me what FERA is? Yeah, Frank's ERA. That's fair. Like, <laughs> this is this is a this is a joke I've made every time we've talked about baseball and like how you know every year you just dig in like oh there's like 10, 10 new advanced metrics this year. I'm like we could just make up an advanced metric, call it whatever you want, put a plus sign a W, and then Frank fucking did it. He absolutely yeah. did it. He just every morning he puts out FERAs, which is. I mean, it's just what you you think. Uh, the, and I do like how you put some context to things, too. Like, hey, this guy got shelled, but it wasn't his fault or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a good – it's basically XERA. So, if you, like, without me getting too crazy about it, um, it's just basically what I would expect the ERA to begin a given start. Now, the trivial – in the mornings, like, the one start thing, it's not that – like, it's not that predictive, right? Like, it's not that useful. But it is good to look at and be like – oh, well, maybe we shouldn't hold this start against him. Or maybe he was, like, way worse than what the numbers came out as. Or, uh, like, Bruce Zimmer, Bruce Zimmerman yesterday. I laid a big number with the White Sox in that game, and he should have been way worse, um, according to my numbers. And you look back, and it's like, oh, well, somebody robbed a three-run home run. And, like, oh, he had, uh, you know, 60% of his balls in play were hit at over 95 miles per hour, and he lined, a lot of guys lined out or, or hit a lot of ground balls right to people or whatever. So, you know, you can kind of look back – um, I don't think Bruce Zimmerman should get credit for, you know, Cedric Mullins robbing a home run in center field, right? Like that's, he didn't do anything to deserve that. If anything, he made the guy's job harder. So um, yeah, I, I, you have to take it with context. The nice part about what I'm putting out there is it doesn't have a bias towards the catcher or the defense or, or anything, you know, like a credit to a team when they keep you know runs down for their pitcher but in general that that's not a pitcher skill for be like oh the defense great today you know it's like any anything you talk about with like uh box box score autopsies with football be like you know there was a when you have like a a 48 yard run on a you know on a drive where you were just trying to and end the game and like run out the clock. Like there's weird stats that happen. Like, uh, you know, that really wasn't affecting the game or like so much of this shit happened in garbage time for the team that was down by like four touchdowns in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like that. Like putting context to anything is going to help you. Cause if you just look like, Oh yeah, he, he gave up one run, got a game win. Like fuck, he had a great day. Good. Like let's yeah, move on. I'm going to back him next time. Like let, let, let's, let's lay more juice on him next time. Fuck it. Yeah, and it, you can – I mean, you can make this assessment with your eyes too. Like, that's the best part. Now, not everyone can watch 15 baseball games a night, but I've done this with Mitch Keller a few times. Where he, he, he hasn't had a good – he hasn't really had many good starts. But, like, once a month he'll throw a game where a bunch of guys line out and guys are hitting balls to, like, the warning track constantly that, that are being caught and diving catches in the gap. And it's like, wow, Mitch Keller pitched great today. He gave up three hits and had six strikeouts and two walks. And it's like – yeah, but if you watched that game, or if you're doing what I'm doing and building in, you know, an expected array based on the balls in play, you would say like, "Wow, he got shelled today and got a lot lucky." Yeah, and I don't think it would be a frank appearance without mentioning Mitch Keller, for Christ's sakes. This just death taxes and you going on about that. Guy. I hope he retires. <laughs> it'll it'll free up so much time for you if he just retires. Yeah, or he gets sent down, and I don't have to talk about him anymore. He, I'm That's always he pitches every Friday when I'm on here. I don't know what the deal is. He's always pitching. Like he's our he's our Friday guy. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of that, I don't have any baseball bats yet today. 
nobody who I look to to gamble on baseball has put anything up yet. So, and I guess we'll we'll, we'll hit a question here before uh, before I make you give me a pick. What times of day are you betting into the market? And I guess you can kind of explain because you know you are giving out picks on the site yeah. too. So yeah. it's kind of tricky for you because you you have some obligations there. Yeah, we give out plays on the site and then we do the video in the morning that's free for everyone to watch. Um, and I don't want those numbers. Like I, I wouldn't want to come on here and be like, oh, I bet the, you know, the Mets at plus 150 and it's plus 110 now. Sorry. You know, so I try to put the bets out in the morning. What I would suggest though, depending on, what your outlay is, you should probably just bet as early as possible. Um, baseball does make it a little bit hard. Half the games don't have starters overnight a lot of the time, um, or teams are undecided, or you don't know how many innings someone's going to go until after the game uh, the previous night. So, you know, these numbers do come out at like 12, 1 o'clock the, previ- you know, the, the previous day. So you can bet early as you possibly can if you're confident on lineups, injuries, how many pitches a guy's going to throw, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, like uh, just looking at the board, like a Garrett Cole, Casey Mize game today, you could have bet that yesterday. You know, these guys are healthy. They're going to go and and all that stuff. So you should bet as early as possible. That's feasible for you. And that's kind of what I do. Uh, I do think that so far this season, we talk a lot about the market and stuff. Numbers aren't moving that much in the morning. Uh, I, I, I make my numbers overnight. I check them again in the morning. They're moving overnight quite a bit. I, I've gotten worse prices pretty much all year in the morning. That's unfortunate, but that's sort of the situation that I'm in. Um, so I would suggest betting at least late at night. Uh, but during the day, the numbers haven't really moved that much. That's interesting. So it settles in the morning and we're good for the day, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very strange. Like uh, the few times that I've gotten up like real early, like 6, 630 and just started up and got bets in, um, I've seen those numbers move, you know, quite a bit. Um which again, it's not the greatest situation for me to be to be doing that. Uh, but I would suggest at least early in the morning because it seems like come you know eight thirty nine o'clock the numbers are kind of pretty close to to what they should be. Well, that's good because you should have something for us to bet then. Is there anything you like? Yeah, it's only it's only like noon. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any? And this is the best part when I say like, hey Frank, give us a pick to bet, and it you know one that hasn't moved a lot, which means it should be your worst pick if the if the number hasn't yeah. moved or moved against <laughs> you this is legitimately your worst pick so they're, they're uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, your worst pick is you know your worst pick on a bad day is better than my best pick on a good day so give me something yeah there are exceptions though like it's not every number right like there's going to be now. numbers that move here in an hour you know like there there will be some exceptions but n- not nearly as much as previous years um the braves hanging out there at minus 150 151 bet online 150 pinnacle um, I played this at 48, so it has moved a little bit, but I still obviously like that number. Um, 150, Ian Anderson and Taiwan Walker, um, pretty similar pitchers. Ian Anderson, I think, is a little bit better. He's had an elevated walk rate uh, throughout his career, but if he gets those walks down, he's going to be a very good pitcher. My expected array on him, 356, Taiwan Walker in the 3-9 area, so both these guys have been pretty solid. The edge here comes in the fact that this Mets lineup is a AAA lineup at this point. Um, they were struggling when the stars were there and struggling. They were still struggling. Um, now that everyone's hurt and those guys are still struggling, it's not a very good lineup. Uh, you sort of look at this lineup and, and dream this morning likened it to like something you would see in spring training, which is like kind of pretty accurate. Like you have a couple of good hitters and some bad ones. So I do think Ian Anderson gets it done today. Uh, I think you can play on the Braves or for those that do this, I don't generally do this, but you could play some team total under for the Mets as well. 
Yeah, what about the run line? Because I've and you'll yell, you always yell at me for this because teams don't have a, they don't have a, you know, motivation to win by more than one. A win's a win, but I will play the run line. I'll play both. You can, both. Play, you can, you can <laughs> play the run line. You play the run I'm gonna line. Play, I'm going to play minus 150 and the run line. The issue is when this the game's like parlay them. When this game's 5 1 and they bring <laughs> this like trash reliever who gives up a three run home run, you're going to be pretty upset that you just didn't play the Braves. Um, the other it was, thing, I, it was like the Cubs game yesterday where they're up for nothing and then they give up these solo shots to garbage players from the Steel City who don't even have a zip code or an area <laughs> code. Lunch pail guys, though. Just lunch pail you know? guys. So. That's what you need sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll give you one more on that game, though, too, is like uh, this Braves lineup kind of struggled at the beginning of the year. And I think it's depressed their numbers a little bit. They've gotten help, healthy. And, you know, these guys, Freeman, Albies, Ozuna, Austin Riley, they've all turned it on recently and they're all hitting home runs and it's going really well for them too. So kind of waking up to the point where, um, you know, these two offenses going in completely different directions. Sure. Well, producer Dan will be happy to hear that. He is a Atlanta sports fan. So and we usually just shit. I've been cheering for the Knicks. You know, I make fun of the Falcons. So he'll be happy that finally I'm in a back in Atlanta sports <laughs> team. So, all right, Frank, well, you go have a good weekend. Where can people find your your, I was going to say your shit, but it's better than shit. It's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> some, some would say shit. At um, yeah. Real Frank on Twitter, EliteSportsBranding.com, all the plays are up there. But we also do, like I said, if you want to get a little preview, something like this. Today we did an hour video, walked through every game rotation order, and, and talked about every game going on. So you can watch us for free in the mornings on Periscope as well. Yeah, Periscope apparently just not dying. If you're watching us yeah. on Periscope, which some people are, I don't understand. It's not It's not going it's away if you're using it's it's mitch keller it's the mitch keller of streaming services so all right thanks a lot frank we'll let you go and uh we'll probably see you again you don't do anything on fridays see ya (laughs) frank please coach up the pirates so all right uh yeah friday super show which means baseball guest and a bunch of picks you know starting the nba let's do it I, games tonight. I didn't like how anything went yesterday, obviously. So no. I'm just going to wipe yesterday from my mind. I bet the, I bet the Clippers already today. I'm just – this is not an official pick, but I put money on the Clippers. I'm going to make you start with that one. you got Clippers team total over here. Yeah, I think the Clippers are going to put up a really big number tonight. I do think they can cover the spread, which I'm looking at right now, two and a half. Maybe there's some threes popping up. They're on the road at Dallas. Dallas is obviously up 2-0 in this series uh, this is the Clippers need to absolutely win this game and probably the next one to really have a chance in, in this series. I'm just not ready to back them on a spread perspective. I just don't see as much value in the two and a half and the three as I do in this over 110 and a half. I have this closer to 114 myself, so 111 is okay, even 111 and a half of a smaller number. But I like the Clippers tonight. I think we're going to have a great showing from them, but I'm going to stick with this team total instead of the spread. Don't mind the spread, just like this better. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, I just I played Clippers like minus one thirty. I didn't even lay the points. I went to such a donkey bet. It was betting like this morning from bed. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna bet the Clippers tonight. So, and then the Nets. Uh, you have the Nets continuing to embarrass Boston. Yeah, we're back at Boston. Nets up 2-0 here. I think the Nets are just gonna continue to thrash this team. We know Tatum isn't a hundred percent. Brooklyn just putting it together, looking better and better every night. Yes, Jeff Green is out, which uh, we probably spent too much time talking about in the NBA chat. But it actually, in some ways, might unlock some interesting lineups here for the Nets. I'm curious to see how it goes tonight. Uh, went with the Nets minus eight here. I think they can cover eight. If this gets out to nine, that's fine. You know, wouldn't back it at double digits. But 
the Nets should be able to cover this big number. I like Brooklyn a lot here, and I think this series is going to be over pretty quickly. Yeah, it's I, – I want to say looking at series price, series exact prices now, the Nets and the Sixers are like minus money to get the sweeps, and sweeps here. So, And obviously the Bucks are. God, the, the Heat are just not – they just don't have it. They don't have it. it they might be. They might be. They just couldn't make the shots last night. They had in, no. in the first half. They had a lot of nice opportunities, but it was shocking to see. And, and maybe it's just a tired legs thing. I mean, they were missing layups, wide open threes, and stuff. So better luck next year, Miami. Yeah, better luck next year. I played some golf. These are this afternoon. One of these I think starts fairly soon. But I played Yako Neiman over Patrick Reed. Reed had a nice round, but I like Neiman stats. Always have, always will. Reed is hard to fade, but I like this. It's more of a price. I'm getting him at a dog price. And then Glover, who can get a little bit shaky with the putter, but I played him over CT Pan. Again, it says minus 108, but with the over round on these, that is actually the dog. So a couple of underdogs here. Chang, Tsung, Pan faded uh, with uh, Mr. Lucas Glover. So just two today. I'll probably have some more tonight when I get into round three. Um, one of my outrights that I gave out early in the week at 60 to one is actually in tied for first, I think right now with uh, Jason. Yes, Co- yeah. The coat rack. Coke rack is actually, he is solo first right now. He pulled it. He is a stroke up. He is four under through 11 right now. So good for him. Hopefully he continues some success. I was telling Frank off the air. I've had someone leading around one of my outrights, like, I four, five, six of the last twelve rounds, just never on a Sunday, which is a big problem for cashing out, right? So really, and mostly also, counts on Sunday. It was chopped, but uh, congrats to Pam on approaching the green, grabbing Jordan Spieth first round leader, twenty two to one, chopped down to eleven to one. But you can't complain about an eleven to one winner, which is the only first round leader you play. Solo shot, so one shot, one kill. Nice job there. And uh, let's close with some tennis, huh? French Open, bunch of tennis now. French Open now. Look at all this. French Open you, starts you, on uh, Monday. Any dogs you like? Oh, you know, just a few, Andy. Um, as I mentioned, the French Open starts on Sunday. Not Monday, folks. Sunday. They pushed it up a day just to make sure they had plenty of time, given everything that might possibly happen. We have a plethora of underdogs that I'm going to sprinkle here. Everybody that you're looking at this page, just half-unit plays here. You know, As I start to look at some of these lines, Kozlova is playing Alia Tomljanovic. Kozlova actually generally a better clay player, although she plays at lower levels. Happy to take a risk on her. She has been playing some clay tournaments. Tomljanovic has you know, been really sparse in her play. Probably the better player, but at this number, I'm happy to put a half unit on Kozlova. Paquette, um, a French player who last year was one, I think, not the, not the favorites to win her quarter, but, you know, was someone who was pretty well-respected and we thought could make a run, has had a terrible start to the year, losing a lot of close matches. She is 4-1 to one odds here against Magda Lynette. Magda Lynette coming off a loss in the semifinals, actually just today in Strasbourg. She will have some time to recover here. Um, but I like Paquet here 4-1. to one. If you know, We're kind of betting on someone at their absolute lowest point, if you will. If she comes out and is even 75% of what she was last year, 80% of what she was, this match should be a, a pick em. Um, you know, again, given where she is, I understand what the market's doing here, but I'm happy to take a risk. I think this should be closer to three to one than four to one. 
Marta Kostiuk, another young, great clay player, going to be playing Garbina Muguruza, who has played very poorly and I believe withdrew in her last match, if memory serves me. So happy to back Kostiuk here against a less than 100% Muguruza. And Su Wei Shea, someone that's really fun to back. Honestly, it has not had a great season, but similar to kind of what I was doing with Paquet here. She's playing Wang Jiang. Neither are terribly comfortable on clay. This match should be much, much closer than this number. So we'll start with a few underdogs here, Andy. Again, about half unit each there. We have another underdog, Miss Buzkova, plus 190. This one is actually a little bigger play, like three quarters of a unit, not quite a full unit for me. Um, she's someone, again, who's, who's had a tough stretch here, didn't play any clay matches last year, only two clay matches. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Think of somebody else. I always get her confused with another player. But Buzkova, again, not had the best year, but a very talented player. And going against Katarina Siniakova, who is someone that is really inconsistent and, and Mostly it's a bet against Siniakova. She is someone that should never be a minus 250 or greater favorite really against anyone. So we'll back Buzkova here as an underdog. And then two totals, but no stacks, Andy. I don't think these are going three sets. I think we'll get two long sets in both Mikhail Pavlyuchenkova and Golubich Kontavate. So we'll go over 20 and a half there, over 21 there. Um, and if you're listening, try to go back on the YouTube and take a look Um the numbers that we put up here are pretty much where I'm drawing the line on all of these. Um, there should be a little better number out there, but don't go any lower. Um, so go back and look here. But uh, the two totals and then the five underdogs. But before we go, one. who do you think wins? Here's some girls. Here's some familiar names. There are. Now, who do I think wins? It's Not probably either. the winner of the Ashley Barty Schweitek match at the top. Yeah, but there is a bunch of value on these two girls in the fourth quarter. Um, women's tennis draws this year have been very interesting. The top halves of the draws have been pretty much loaded. And then you get a sparse third quarter. And for whatever reason, the fourth quarter, especially on clay, you end up seeing Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams and names like that. Those are the seeds who aren't really comfortable in playing on clay. In fact, Serena, I don't think, is really interested in really playing much clay tennis. I think she's just focused on making sure she's in shape for some of the hard court slams here, especially the U.S. Open. So looking at that fourth quarter, happy to back two women, Miss Paula Badosa, who actually got recently moved this morning. She was stuck in a different spot. Um, Allison Risk is out. So Badosa's down there in the fourth quarter. You can get her at 30-1 to 1 to win the tournament. Potoroska in that third quarter. Um, there is much better numbers than 100, by the way, but I would draw the line at 100. I saw a 150. I saw even a 200 out there if you poke around some offshores. But both of these women at big numbers, I think, have a great chance to win the quarter. And if we get either one of them into the semifinals, we're holding a bunch of value. So those are my two outrights for now. If you want to hear me talk a lot more about tennis, I did a network show yesterday. The podcast is up for that. We're going to do another network show today on the men's draw. And then tonight at 8.30 Eastern, getting together with Steve and Candace to do an Eat Sleep Tennis, cover it all in kind of one shot in a little briefer in different format. So um, a lot of me talking tennis. Yeah, there's a shitload of tennis going on here soon. And kind of a weird, again, same kind of times we've been dealing with. Paris is not that uh, far from Madrid and Rome and all the other places we've been playing. So same kind yeah. of timing. Um, before we go, quick nod and hat tip to the sponsor, WinBet. $500 risk-free bet. There was, uh, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six underdogs or whatever you gave out. Those would be a good way to place a $500 risk-free bet. Find yourself a big underdog. Don't worry about the risk. And use the plus EV play in that way. The links are in the podcast description, or excuse me, in the pin tweet. Maybe the podcast description, too. Either way, find yourself a link. Get yourself over to WinBet if you're in one of their legal states. And that's it. Happy Memorial Day. Have a great weekend. weekend. Have, Have a holiday weekend. We'll see you guys.
and hit a thumbs up for Christ's sakes. It's a holiday. Yeah. Thank you.